There were two more murders 15 miles when away. We arrived, we found the telephone. No parent should lose a child. It's a saying you hear time and time again. Yet, time and time again, parents are made to bury their young children. On June 24, 1993, a gang of men took the lives of two young girls. Girls whose families, after it was all said and done, were forced to bury two girls before they reached adulthood. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On June 24, 1993, two young girls in Houston, Texas, 14-year-old Jennifer Ertman and 16-year-old Elizabeth Pena, spent the day at a pool party. It was the summer, so this was standard fare for the two young high school girls. The parents gave them an 11 p.m. curfew, one that they were dangerously close to missing, so they decided to take a shortcut that would take 10 minutes off of their walking time. What they didn't know, what they couldn't have known, was that White Oak Bayou, where their shortcut went past, was housing a local gang called the Black and White. This group of men, who had just spent most of their night drinking, decided that these girls were the perfect addition to their initiation. The men grabbed Elizabeth, and as Jennifer fled the scene, she heard her friend let out a screech. She made the fatal decision to go back and try and save her friend. The six gang members raped both of the girls repeatedly. What started out as a kidnapping and rape quickly turned nefarious when the men realized the teens could identify them. That's when Peter Cantu, the leader of the group, ordered his men to murder the girls. Obeying his orders, the members began strangling the girls with various items. Derek O'Brien and Raul Villarreal strangled Jennifer with a nylon belt with so much force that the belt broke. Then they moved on to shoelaces. Peter Cantu, Jose Medellin, and Efrain Perez did the same to Elizabeth. The men then stomped on their throats to ensure their deaths, took some items they thought might be useful off their bodies, and left. When they arrived at Peter Cantu's brother's home, his sister-in-law asked why one of the men was bleeding. Their response? That they, quote, had fun and they would hear about the details on the news. This woman was able to convince her husband, Peter's brother, to go to the police with whatever information he had. The following Sunday, the Houston police got an anonymous call about the bodies, but searched in the wrong area. That Monday, they got a second call, and this time were able to find the girls' bodies about 15 feet beyond the tree line. Their clothing had been scattered around them, as well as various other items, including some beer cans near the bayou's bank. The problem was, due to the extreme heat, their bodies had already decayed past identification. Dental records had to be used, and the parents were finally notified. The men responsible were all arrested, confessed, and brought to trial. Peter Cantu, Jose Ernesto Medellin, Derek O'Brien, Efrain Perez, and Raul Villarreal received death sentences. Venacio Medellin, Jose's brother, who was just 14 at the time of the murder, the same age as Jennifer, received a 40-year sentence. Eventually, both Efrain Perez and Raul Villarreal had their sentences commuted to life after the Supreme Court ruled that anyone under the age of 18 at the time of their crime could not be sentenced to death. Derek O'Brien was the first to die in July of 2006, 
while Jose Medellin attempted to appeal his execution on the grounds that he was a Mexican citizen and was unable to confer with Mexican counselor officials. This caused a huge legal uproar, but in August of 2008, his appeals were rejected and he was executed. Peter Cantu, who was the man who ordered the girls to be killed, was put to death on August 17, 2010. The parents of the murder victims, while waiting for each of the men to be put to death, petitioned for the state of Texas to allow relatives of victims to witness their executions. The laws were changed, and now many families choose to watch the executions of the men and women who changed their lives for the worse. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on June 25th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.